The EU has sent members of parliament to Taiwan for the first time. Natalie speaks with the Czech Republic MEP who initiated the trip, Marketa Gregorova, about why they came. Stash talks with China analyst Dr. Ivana Karaskova about the significance of this trip. Finally, in Hashtag Taiwan, we're going over a hip-hop dance promo video from KMT officials. This is Taiwan Insider. of the EU Parliament are visiting Taiwan for the first time. Let's take a look. A European Parliament delegation is visiting Taiwan and met with President Tsai Ing-wen on Thursday. They're here to learn how Taiwan deals with disinformation and interference from China. This is the EU Parliament's first delegation to visit Taiwan. Last month, the European Parliament passed a report calling for closer ties with Taiwan. It passed with a landslide vote with 86% supporting the motion. That's the second highest level of approval for a report in this parliamentary term. President Tsai Ing-wen says Taiwan hopes to continue building deeper ties with the European Union. She looks forward to sharing Taiwan's experiences in combating the spread of disinformation. The leader of the delegation, Raphael Glucksmann, said, And we came here with a very simple very clear message. You are not alone. And we came here to learn from you, to learn from your capacity of building such a strong democracy while being confronted with such a level of threats and interferences. Glucksmann added that the EU is grappling with foreign threats spreading dangerous, false information throughout the region. These attacks threaten to weaken democracy in the EU. Gluckman said that Taiwan has had phenomenal success in confronting similar issues while maintaining the people's freedom of speech. So it's time for the EU to stand together with Taiwan. I had the pleasure of speaking with the member of European Parliament who initiated this trip, Czech Republic MEP Marketa Gregorova. Tell me why you thought it was important for members of the European Parliament to visit Taiwan at this time. Well, first and foremost, uh, I am a, mem a member and coordinator for my group uh, for the INGE Committee. Uh, the INGE Committee focuses on foreign interference and disinformation. And uh, because, well, so to say, uh, I became over the past few years quite an expert on this topic. I do know how Taiwan is uh, fighting for an interference, of course, especially from the side of China, and uh, what kind of legislation acts and uh, task forces it has. And I thought it would be very, very inspirational to learn from uh, Taiwanese people uh, how they tackle this issue. And by the way, this visit just confirms this assumption. Uh, we are learning so much. Well, that's wonderful. And we've seen a growth in EU support for Taiwan. I mean, just recently, you passed a Taiwan report calling for stronger yes. ties for Taiwan. Why do you think that the EU is beginning to be much more proactive in engaging Taiwan and showing support for Taiwan? Well, I think that there are a couple of reasons for that. Uh, one of them, well, necessarily, uh, is uh, the uh, Chinese increasing aggression towards, mm -hmm. uh, of course, not only this region, but also the EU and its member states. Me being from the Czech Republic, I know all too well 
uh, uh, direct threats from Chinese ambassadors to our representatives. And of course, being an MEP also, I know several of my colleagues, some of them with us in Taiwan today, uh, that are blacklisted by China. That is definitely not a diplomacy that the EU can, you know, answer to uh, in any way. That is very aggressive and unacceptable. And this only, uh, let's say, helps the EU to move towards the democracies which are in this region, which is, of course, Taiwan. Well, that's that's wonderful. It's great to see EU support for Taiwan growing. We definitely need it. And I did see actually on your personal press release um, saying that perhaps we should start talking about a one Taiwan policy. What did you mean by that? Well, every time we talk about Taiwan in European Union, we talk about the one China policy so that we, you know, respect uh, Ch Chinese stance so that we don't cause any escalation. However, in this kind of we miss, but what is our stance towards the island itself? What is our stance towards Taiwan? What is our Taiwan policy? You know, uh, maybe it's not the best term, one Taiwan policy. I just thought it's quite catchy it and, uh, and a little bit <laughs> twist, you know, on the, uh, on the one China policy. But really, it is about what we want with Taiwan, from Taiwan, and, uh, you know, what is our relationship? And I think we are really establishing it here. And uh, the EU-Taiwan report that we approved like three weeks ago also kind of sets it up that we want uh, investment treaty and we might even want a free trade agreement in the future and uh, I would really like to see more uh, uh, more statements from the EU about uh, uh, you know what we want in Taiwan and with Taiwan. Stash Butler also spoke with Dr. Ivana Karoskova from the Association for International Affairs to get her perspective on the EU visit. Well, I think that the key factor here is that um, the Europeans realize that there is more bark than bite when, uh, from China when it comes to relations with uh, Taiwan. And the visit uh, of the Czech Senate President Miloš Vestrčil last year basically proved this point and started and opened a window for other delegations to actually follow. So I think that Vestrčil's visit is very important in this uh, manner. And it also showed to countries in Central and Eastern Europe that they are in a good position uh, because they are not that dependent on trade with China. Plus, COVID-19 further disrupted the supply chains and also showed the importance of Taiwan when it comes to semiconductors. So all this setup basically leads towards other players being, I would say, much more... Um, let's say open or provocative even, uh, when it comes uh, to China. When it comes to European Parliament and EU delegations, um, I think that the biggest expected price to be paid, in the words of Wang Yi, basically the, the Chinese Minister of Foreign Affairs, um, is to be included in the sanction list. So there is very limited um, retaliation expected when it comes to relationship with Taiwan, at least in Central and Eastern Europe, but I would probably say in the broader EU context. I would basically say that while the visit may be unexpected, um, it is definitely a calculated move under very limited risks. But I would not overestimate the visit and draw some broader conclusions beyond the agenda of this current delegation. Foreign policy is made by member states, it will still be made by the member states. And I would argue that the position of national governments regarding one China policy has not changed. 
So the national policies on China and on Taiwan, I think, will not be affected by delegations such as this one. However, what it may actually affect is that there may be increase in delegations uh, which are dealing with issues which are shared competencies within European Union, such as trade policy. We have already seen European Parliament uh, arguing for bilateral trade agreement with uh, Taiwan. However, this resolution of the European Parliament is non-binding. It's basically just um, some kind of a tendency to push the boundaries on relationship further uh, when it comes to EU-Taiwan Taiwan relations. Um, and European Commission definitely is against having a bilateral trade agreement with uh, Taiwan. So uh, it is symbolic rather probably than, than substantial. Um, so one area could be really trade relationship. The other one could be the fight against disinformation, um, which may be very safely explored by European Union in Taiwan. As for the national delegations, I think they would very likely stick to non-problematic issues such as uh, economy and cultural areas, which is something one China policy actually allowed them to do. As for the European Parliament delegations, I think that we may actually expect more of them coming uh, with uh, different agendas to, to the island. Next up, politicians from Taiwan's largest opposition party try to bust a move without busting a hip. Leslie Liao has the story in Hashtag Taiwan. You know, there were some great stories this week. I could have told you about some of the great Halloween costumes we saw over the weekend circulating the internet. I could have told you about this one enterprising math teacher who made his fortune by uploading calculus videos to adult entertainment websites. But one video surfaced this week which left me absolutely... I don't even know how to describe it. In shock, speechless, awestricken, dumbfounded, I, I don't even know if there's a word. I was just at a complete loss when I saw it. And when I showed it to Stash, he said, I can't get through the whole video. So here's a quick background on the story. In Taiwan, we have two major political parties. One is the At Power Democratic Progressive Party, or the DPP, and the other is the Kuomintang, or the KMT. In recent years, the KMT has had trouble attracting young voters and supporters. And that could just be because it's been around for so long. The party, after all, is over 100 years old. And it has been taking steps to improve its image among young people. It's increasing its social media presence, and it also tries to make fun, memeable videos like when former legislator Yen Kwan-hung and now party chairman Eric Tzu covered a popular song to address pollution. However, sometimes the KMT gets memed in ways that I can't imagine it intended to. I'm warning you right now. What's coming next is mind-boggling. 64-year-old former KMT legislator Sun Zihui, for whatever reason, is president of Taiwan's Street Dance Federation. And that federation is hosting an upcoming competition. So if the KMT's goal is to attract more young people, then this competition, in theory, should be a great catalyst to meet that goal. To promote the competition, Sun asked some of her fellow KMT colleagues to bust moves and strike poses for a video. And the final result is, well... Choreography. Hip-hop. Ah. Three. Three. 
pop thing. You have various older members of the KMT saying words kind of related to street dance like popping, locking, and choreography, and following that up with moves that don't resemble anything they say. Someone on the internet said the video doesn't look so much like a commercial for a street dance competition as much as it does for a rehabilitation clinic. The hardest part about watching this video, for me at least, is seeing the legislator for my district be a part of it. And another thing, at no point in my life have I ever related the words hip-hop with this move right here. Besides making me question reality, this video also had me asking, is the KMT doing this on purpose? Like, do they know how they're coming off and using it as a marketing ploy? Because it's kind of working. But you know what? I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. The KMT tried, and that is admirable. Did this video have its intended effect? I don't know, because I don't know what its intention was. However, I should point out that questionable attempts to reach out to young people are not exclusively KMT. In 2000, President Chen Sui-bian from the DPP released an album which had a rap song on it, written by current Taiwanese representative to Germany, Xie Ziwei. Yeah. A diplomat wrote a rap song, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just not something you expect to say out loud. You also have Taipei Mayor and Taiwan People's Party founder Ke Wenzhe, who started in a rap video, which is about as palatable as anything else I've talked about in this episode. You know, I kind of want to tell Taiwan's politicians that young people are into more than just hip-hopping, rapping, and street dancing. If this is what it takes to run for office in Taiwan, then you can count me out, man. I don't want any part of this. Before we leave you, here's a look at some of the other news stories that are on our radar. Taiwan's first F-16V combat wing is set to be commissioned later this month. Taiwan's fourth tactical fighter wing will finally receive 60 F-16V multi-role jets on November 18th after numerous delays. This is part of a program to upgrade all of Taiwan's 141 F-16A-Bs into the more advanced F-16V. Deputy Foreign Minister Alexander Yui says that the Foreign Ministry remains optimistic about ties with Central American ally Honduras. Honduras is set to hold a presidential election on November 28th. Opposition candidate Xiomara Castro has said that if elected, she will shift ties from Taiwan to China. But Yui said that China's efforts to poach Taiwanese allies this year have failed, even though China has promised COVID vaccine doses in exchange. Lonely Planet has named Taipei the second best city to travel to in 2022. Only Auckland ranked further up the list. Lonely Planet cited Taipei's history, its quirky side, its food, and its people-first approach as reasons to visit once, hopefully, COVID becomes a thing of the past. And we're back in the studio for the final question of the week. And this week, I'm going to be posing a question to my co-hosts, which is, guys, you saw the KMT, uh, whatever that yes. was, yeah. that street dance competition <laughs> ad. Now, let's just say, hypothetically, you could choose one member of the Taiwan Insider team to go compete in said competition. <laughs> Who would you send? Stash. I'm going with Natalie. <laughs> I feel like under this very composed exterior, there's something wild ready to be released at this competition. You're totally right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Natalie? Well, I would go with Leslie. Uh, I think he has the moves. I <laughs> You know what the truth the is, rhythm. Natalie? I, uh, I say what I had to say about that video, but odds are I probably can't dance any better than those <laughs> legislators. For me, what a wicked web we weave. I choose Stash. Oh, wow. Because Stash has stage and theater experience. Oh, and I think right. 
medals of both it really do very well in that competition. You know, I, 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 it's very ungainly. I think my style of dancing is dad dancing. I can do that. But break dancing, <laughs> maybe not. I beg to disagree. That's why I want to see it. That's why I want to see it. And that just about does it for this week's episode of Taiwan Insider. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Leslie Liao. I'm Stash Butler. And I'm Natalie So. Make sure to follow us on social media. You can catch us on Facebook and YouTube. And like us and comment below. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to tweet at us. Our handle is Taiwan Insider, one word. Anyway, guys, until next week, see you around. RTI is conducting a survey. Visit our website to fill out the questionnaire or simply send us your answers to the following four questions. Question number one, what platform do you use to listen to RTI programs? You can write more than one, but list the most frequent one first. Question number two, which RTI programs are your favorites? Write no more than three programs. Question number three, out of a total of five stars, how many stars would you give RTI's English broadcasts overall? And question number four, what are your suggestions for RTI's English programs? Everybody who enters will have a chance to win a prize. Send your answers to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan, 11199. Or send it via email. Our email address is audience one at rti.org.tw. That's audience and the numbers 0 and 1 at rti.org.tw. Be sure to leave your name, gender, age, and nationality.
Taiwan Today with Natalie So. Lithuania has been standing up for Taiwan despite tremendous economic and diplomatic pressure from Beijing. And the EU Parliament just passed a report calling for closer relations with Taiwan. Now today to speak with me about growing Lithuanian and EU ties with Taiwan is the chairman of the Lithuanian Parliamentary Group for Relations with Taiwan, Matas Maldekis. Mr. Maldekis will be leading a delegation of Lithuanian lawmakers to Taiwan in December. It's great to be able to speak with you. Hello, hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> So the EU just recently uh, passed a report calling for closer relations with Taiwan. And I'm curious, what role do you think that Lithuania is playing in the EU's move towards closer relations with Taiwan? We made European institutions or everybody in Europe talk about what's going on in Taiwan. What is China doing really regarding us wanting to have a closer relationship with Taiwan? Everybody in Europe sees that, that China is doing some destructive moves. So European Parliament just reacted to that. We see a big shift in European Union. Now we see a shift in European Union institutions. If you are talking about European Parliament, more and more countries see we should have a relationship with Taiwan because it's good economically and it is good because of security question. We should help the countries that want to go democratical way. The voice of Taiwan is being heard more and more in Europe. That's good. That's great. Well, you know, we're very grateful to Lithuania for standing up for Taiwan. And the report passed, you know, in a landslide vote. But I'm curious what you think will be the change as a result of that report, because none of the recommendations are, are binding. Do you, what kind of changes do you think that we'll be seeing in EU relations with Taiwan? Mm-hmm. Well, this is resolution, but it's like, you know, it's one more little drop that you have to uh, look in the long time perspective. And if you lo- look at the long time perspective, is a, is a big deal. It's a big deal. We, uh, relation, when we are talking about relationship with Taiwan, we have to understand that it's got to do a lot of relationship within European Union countries and China. Because more and more countries in European Union see China as a threat. And then seeing China as a threat, they started seeing the relationship, what's going on, uh, what China is doing uh, regarding their neighbors uh, and what they are doing uh, regarding the countries around them. And they start to see that in another perspective. And this resolution, you have to understand, European Parliament is consists of all the political parties from all European Union countries. That means that in a political spectrum, in the political parties in European Union, Taiwan question become more important and they have absolutely clear position what should it be. In few years we will see the change, uh, I can guarantee you, if we will see the dynamics what we have now, but we will change in interpolitics. And then the interpolitics between the European Union countries, their relationship with Taiwan will will start to change also. This is the dynamics of European Union politics. Well, you recently tweeted that it makes sense that the European Union uh, should change its name of the office in Taiwan. You said that, you know, if the Chinese Communist Party doesn't like this, it's probably the right thing to do. That was one of the recommendations in the report, actually. Do you think that the EU is going to go through with the name change? Uh, I think it's a question of time. 
I think it's a question of time, but not will it, but a question of time. You know, I really admire the courage of the Lithuanians and the conviction to, to stand up to Beijing um, and to yeah. stand uh, with a democratic country, an underdog like Taiwan. What do you think is behind uh, that courage and, and that uh, desire to stand with Taiwan? What is, what is yeah. the reason for that? It's, it's, it's pretty simple answer. It's in our history. We are also, uh, I don't want to say small country. From your perspective, it will be a small country and you will be laughing. It's a, we have three million people. But uh, in our history, it was like uh, always standing by ourselves. We have a big neighbor that is Russia. Early it was Russian Empire, then it was called SSI. And we always stand by ourselves. We was occupied, but we stand ourselves. We was the first to declare our independence of the Soviet Union. And we was one of the catalysts of uh, ruining the Soviet Union because we say, no, we don't want to stay here. We was occupied. We want to be independent. We want to be free. Gorbachev was ruling the Soviet Union. And a lot of countries in Western Europe were saying to us, you know, you should shush, shush, you should stay uh, calm and don't make a big fuss because we are dealing with Soviet Union. There is a big geopolitics going on here and this is very important country, Soviet Union. So don't do anything, just uh, stay calm. Uh, the, the, your voice will not be heard. We said, no, we want to be independent. We declared our independence. We want to be free. One small country, Iceland, then said, you know what? Lithuania is an independent country. We respect their decision to be independent. It was Iceland, not some big country, but Iceland. And it, it was a big, small step for us. And that, uh, that changed the dynamics. Everybody else saw, you know, okay, if Iceland can do that, then, well, we should do the same because, like, yes, they are right. They should be independent. They should be free from Soviet Union. And everybody else followed. And that stayed in us, that feel of injustice. We have vaccinated against all this <laughs> sometimes injustice, what's going on in the foreign politics. And we, and we see that there is injustice being taken by, uh, against Taiwan. So this is what we are telling, just we are, we are saying that loudly, that's it. That is the chairman of the Parliamentary Group for Relations with Taiwan in the Lithuanian Parliament. Member of Parliament, Montes Maldekis, he'll be leading a delegation of Lithuanian lawmakers to Taiwan in December. Next, he tells us his dream for Lithuania-Taiwan relations. <laughs> The Sound of the Puyuma Tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Listening to Taiwan Today, and I'm Natalie So. Today I'm speaking with Lithuanian Member of Parliament, Matas Maudekas, about Lithuanian-Taiwan ties and its impact not only for Lithuanian-Taiwan, but for the entire EU. 
Lithuania is welcoming Taiwan to set up a Taiwanese representative office this year. That is the first representative office that is not using Taipei in its name. Now, Beijing has opposed this move by recalling its ambassador from Lithuania, expelling the Lithuanian ambassador, and also economic sanctions. For a nation of just three million people, Lithuania is taking a big stand for Taiwan. Now, I asked Maldekis, who leads the Lithuanian Parliamentary Group for Relations with Taiwan, if they're getting support from the United States and the European Union on their relations with Taiwan. Well, we see the very strong backing from the United States, and uh, in European Union, you have to understand that European Union is 27 different countries with different interests. There is no some, some somebody like Mr. European Union that you can can come. <laughs> And, and asked, what do you think about what we should do with Taiwan or with China? There is 27 countries that have their own national interests. They all play some games, you know, some some because they all have national interests. That's that's understood. Our national interest is making the world more secure place, and more secure place means more democracies. We have domino effect in foreign policy. If some democracies fall somewhere you will have the pressure on democracies elsewhere. You know, like if, if you feel the pressure from China, we feel the pressure from Russia. The same story here. We know all the tricks that you are dealing with. So it's easy for us to understand what's going on, what's really going on. And we just saying it loudly that we don't like that. You know, the Taiwanese are very grateful. Taiwanese have been buying a lot of Lithuanian goods, over 90 million U.S. dollars. I recently went to a Lithuanian chocolate <laughs> store. That's we, nice. Ruta chocolate is delicious. My favorite is the coffee bean chocolate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Very nice. Yeah. What is, what is your hope for uh, trade relations um, with Taiwan? Mm -hmm. I know you're coming here in December. What would you like to achieve? Yeah. yeah. What is my vision? What is my mission? Mm -hmm. To be an example. Because what we are doing here, it's not only about uh, Taiwan and Lithuania. What we are doing here is about Taiwan and European Union. My dream is to show that, you know, 23 million highly educated, rich country who is very high on the technologies and who is democracy, it's much better to deal than the country who is authoritarian and pressing you and dealing with that, you don't have sovereignty. You don't have rule of law, and if you have a business there, and you, if you're doing something that they don't like, you'll be dead in the water. You'll have big problems. So that means you are losing your sovereignty. We don't want that. We want to show that if we can make a good example of relationship economically between Lithuania and Taiwan, uh, believe me, other countries will follow. I have a lot of interviews from Netherlands, from other countries, they are all watching. They, they try to understand dynamics, what's going on between Lithuania and Taiwan, because they, they understand that if it is a success story, that means those success story can be repeated elsewhere. I, I can't tell you how grateful we are for Lithuania. I've met people on the street who are wearing Lithuanian masks. Yeah, you I know, saw, people yeah. are buying your goods left and right. I think People in Taiwan will do whatever they can to express their gratitude. One man brought $20,000 worth of Lithuanian chocolate when you sent 20,000 vaccines to Taiwan. Yeah. To hear those stories is like for our countries, you know, uh, understanding that being not a big country, we can somehow, we can, you know, 
make a difference is a big deal for us, believe me. And it, it is a big deal for Taiwan. Um, we also sent some cream puffs over there. I don't know if you got any cream puffs. <laughs> we heard a lot of stories of your people helping our, you know, uh, child who need support and uh, and and all those you know, like orthodges and everything it's a big it's a big deal big, big stories for us big stories i think it's a big story for the world you yeah. know lithuania it's a country of three million people but you're making a huge impact on yeah. foreign policy towards uh, taiwan and china and i i just we all really appreciate it and respect it and are very grateful um, is there anything you want to tell uh, the people of Taiwan? Uh, you know, when uh, when Pope, uh, we are Catholics, uh, we are very much Catholics and very, very religious, near the collapse of Soviet Union and uh, the Pope came and the Pope came to the communist country. For us, it was a very big deal. And he said only one word and that word changed uh, in my opinion, by dynamics, dynamics was what was happening in Lithuania, and he and the Pope said uh, just one word: uh, "Don't be afraid." In in Lithuania, it's one word. You know, oh, it's like, one don't word. Be, <laughs> it's one word in Lithuania. So uh -huh. uh, in in English is three words, but in Lithuania it's one word: "Nebiokite." He said, "Don't be afraid," and uh, that was it. That was it. Don't be afraid. Well, we, we actually we have a lot to be anxious about because of, you know, you know, the military pressure and the pressure, political yeah. pressure China has. But your country standing with Taiwan has been making a huge impact. It is bringing the EU as well more towards Taiwan. And uh, we have to thank you for that. And we're really looking forward to your trip uh, to Taiwan in December. Thank you very much. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you. I've been speaking with the chairman of the Lithuanian Parliamentary Group for Relations with Taiwan, Matas Malbekis, who will be visiting Taiwan with a delegation of Lithuanian lawmakers in December. Listen, are you listening? <laughs> This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. This is News Playlist, a weekly rundown of some of the most interesting news reports brought to you by RTI. Watch along on YouTube if you like, or close your eyes and enjoy these stories by way of sound. Welcome to News Playlist. I'm Shirley Lin. Well, this is a program where we bring you some news reports from the past week. And we're going to start off with good news on more relaxed COVID-19 restrictions. As of November 2nd, travelers can bring food onto trains or buses if they are traveling long distances from city to city. One woman said that's great news when she has to rush and has no time to eat. Another said she wouldn't have to get up early anymore. Now she can just buy breakfast and eat on the train. The person next to you needs to have a mask on, though. Then you can remove your mask and eat. 
The same goes for traveling on intercity buses, tourist buses, and domestic flights. Life in Taiwan is gradually becoming more normal. With the good news, a Japanese food company is jumping on a bandwagon. Japan's hotel chain Seibu Group is cooperating with Taiwan Railways to promote limited-edition lunchboxes to be sold on the train. But if anyone wants to enjoy one of those lunches, they have to be quick, as only 25 orders of each lunch set will be sold starting Thursday. Bon appetit! We've also got other good news, and that is we got more BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine doses. The 10th batch of Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine doses has arrived in Taiwan, adding over 900,000 doses to Taiwan's stores. The total number of Pfizer shots donated by Taiwanese enterprises and organizations has exceeded 7.7 million. This will certainly help alleviate the vaccine shortage in Taiwan, allowing younger age groups to get their jabs. The Pfizer vaccine has been available since September 22nd, and so far over 4.4 million people have received their first shot but fewer than 150 people have gotten both doses. The minimum time between the two doses is four weeks. Is now a good time to start giving out the second shot? Dr. Liu Pengzi says that extending the interval between doses to nine weeks does not provide greater protection against COVID-19. However, a longer separation between shots means fewer deaths and hospitalizations. Nine weeks between jabs shows good results, but what about those who experience strong side effects after the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine? Which type of vaccine should they get next? Dr. Liu says current research does not support taking AstraZeneca after an mRNA vaccine like Pfizer or Moderna. Researchers are also unsure if it is safe to mix in protein subunit vaccines like the domestically developed Medigen vaccine. Over 70% of Taiwan's population has received their first dose of some COVID-19 vaccine and over 30% have gotten both doses. Taiwan is inching closer to goals that would allow it to reopen its borders. However, doctors say that there are also other important factors to consider, like the state of the healthcare system and public health policies. Tomasz Koper, RTI News. More European countries are warming up to Taiwan. A delegation from the European Parliament was here in Taiwan for a three-day visit. Until today, Taiwan had never received such a delegation before. Thirteen members of the European Parliament's committee charged with combating foreign threats to EU democracy became the first delegation of sitting European Parliament members to step on Taiwanese soil. Their visit comes amid a period of warming Taiwan-EU ties. According to the presidential office, this year alone has seen the European Parliament pass 12 pro-Taiwan resolutions. And it's been just two weeks since the Parliament's EU-Taiwan Political Relations and Cooperation Report, which has made the first-ever formal policy recommendations about enhancing Taiwan-EU ties. While in Taiwan, the parliamentarians will meet with President Tsai Ing-wen, Premier Hu Zhengchang, Digital Minister Audrey Tang, and Taiwanese researchers studying fake news. John Van Trieste, RTI News. Though delayed, we're finally getting some new F-16V multi-role jets. Taiwan's 4th Tactical Fighter Wing, which performed highway landing and takeoff training during the Hanguang military exercise this year, will finally receive 60 F-16B multi-role jets on October 18th. Former Deputy Commander of Taiwan's Air Force Zhang Yinting says that F-16B are now the most numerous fighter aircraft in the force. They bear the brunt of Taiwan's air defense responsibilities. In April 2019, President Tsai inspected 4th Tactical Wing's Jiayi base, overseeing the first group of F-16s upgraded to the V-standard enter service. The upgrade program, called Peace Phoenix Rising, has cost around 110 billion NT dollars. Under it, 141 F-16A and B variants will be upgraded to the V-standard. 
The most important improvements include the AESA radar system, a modernized mission computer, new instruments and a new head-up display. The aircraft will be capable of deploying air-to-air -air and air-to-ground ordnance, as well as anti-radiation missiles and the latest Sidewinder missiles. This will vastly improve its combat capabilities. The new radar system will give pilots a greater scanning range compared to older Doppler radars. Computer systems on board the new jets will operate faster and more reliably than in previous iterations. The upgrade process has been delayed for more than seven months by an accident in March involving two F-5E jets, as well as by the COVID-19 pandemic. The next phase of the program will involve upgrading the capabilities of F-16s operated by the 5th Tactical Wing in Hualien. Tomasz Koper, RTI News. Taiwan has been having some mild autumn weather, but apparently the temperature is going to drop some more starting Sunday. Taiwan saw a stretch of pleasantly cool weather over the last few days, prompting many to spend time outdoors. As northeasterly winds persist, this kind of weather will likely hold until Wednesday. The east coast, the north, Jilong and the Hengchun Peninsula may see localized showers, but central Taiwan and the south should experience varying cloud cover with a chance for some sunnier weather. After Thursday, however, the seasonal winds will weaken, allowing temperatures to rise and moist air from southern China to move in over Taiwan. The northern and eastern regions may see a spot of rain. This weather will not last long, though. Seasonal winds from the northeast will pick up again on Sunday, after the front has rolled through. This will cause temperatures to fall right through cool all the way down to cold. It might also mean rain in the northern parts of Taiwan and temperatures falling to 15 degrees in Taipei. In other words, it's a typical Taiwan November. Tomasz Koper, RTI News. Taiwan is known to be a pill-popping country, and um, the situation seems to have gotten worse because of COVID-19, and that is more Taiwanese people are popping sleeping pills. Let's have a listen to this report. The National Health Research Institute says that Taiwanese people consume an enormous number of sleeping pills each year. One brand alone is consumed 140 million times per year here. And the number of people taking sleeping pills continues to rise. Last year, 25% of the population 15 and older were taking sleeping pills, but this year, that's up to 30%. One cause may be COVID-19. Doctors have reported a 30% increase in office visits related to a lack of sleep. Psychiatrist Chen Xizong says that the majority of these new patients are senior citizens. He says they don't go outdoors as much because of the pandemic. That isn't the whole story, though. Some are losing sleep because of pressures in life. Doctors say that 75% of those who suffer long-term insomnia also suffer from psychiatric disorders, while 15% of long-term insomnia is linked to a physical illness. Doctors also say not all patients with sleeping disorders can rely on medication. Dr. Chen calls for people to get enough exposure to the sun or exercise. He says that even a simple cardio would help people get some sleep. Doctors warn that those who lose sleep for more than three days a week over a three-month period should seek medical attention. I will end on a pleasant note because Cloudgate, Taiwan's famous dance troupe, is performing. It's time to celebrate the harvest, song and dance in the town of Chishang in Taidong. Chishang is hosting the annual Autumn Rice Harvest Arts Festival, with the opening performances held last week and the final shows on November 27th and 28th. The stars of the performances are the popular singer Joanne Baba and the world-renowned Cloudgate Dance Theater. Their performance, called 13 Tongues, included an interesting mix of jazz, street sounds, and modern dance. The artistic director of Cloudgate, 
Zheng Zonglong, says that the performance is meant to use traditional sounds, movements, and songs to tell a story of transformation. The singer Joanne Baba says that it has been a rare opportunity for her to create something so fresh and innovative with CloudGate. CloudGate and Joanne Baba even brought children from the local school on stage to sing with them at the end. For people who can't go to see this spectacular performance when it returns at the end of November, there's no need for disappointment. The show will be available via an online broadcast, which is sure to amaze audiences both near and far. Emma Benak, RTI News. And so while we're on the subject of dance, I've got a song for you from Lin Shenxiang. It's in Hakka language, and the song is Amu, Amu, let's dance. For news playlist, I'm Shirley Lin. See you next time. Yeah.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.